Welcome to Dominion Sonship Live today. Dominion Sonship Live today. Glory be to God. To God. Glory be to the great God within us today and the great God, the master of the universe. Great glory be to him alone. I um, have had this message formed during the week, I believe, and just this morning I just really had a solidity of a title and it is about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, our fearlessness, the Holy Spirit, our fearlessness. I, 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 I thought initially of my own mind, maybe the title should go something like the Holy Spirit of boldness or the Holy Spirit makes us bold. But what happens with titles like that? Your next thought is, I gotta be bold. I gotta be bold. I'm not bold enough. That is not true. The Holy Spirit is our boldness. The Holy Spirit is the bold one within us. We just yield to his boldness. Not, I gotta be more bold. I gotta be more brave. I gotta brave it out. He is the mighty brave one within us. Greater is he that is in us. The greater one, the bolder one, the master himself now lives inside of us. And he has great boldness of expression. He is not timid. He is the very spirit of Christ. If you can see timidity in the walk of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you have something to worry about. Jesus was not a timid word made flesh. Son of God, son of man. Nothing intimidated Jesus. Why? Because we go, let's go to the book of Luke. We're going to trail a little bit on Jesus and then we'll identify ourselves with that trail. Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, the Christmas story. There is everyday story of reality divine that really when one becomes a child of God born again, this very moment happens right here, what happened with Mary the word starts becoming flesh, we become transformed into new divine reality. Uh, Luke 1 35. And so, right before that, an angel visits Mary and uh, tells her, Behold, in verse 31, you will conceive in your woman and bring forth a son. You conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. Not a baby boy. You bring forth the Messiah. We know that from what entails thereafter. You bring forth the word made flesh. You bring forth the Son of God. A virgin young woman betrothed to, to, to her bow has a visitation from the Most High God, from the divine mind, this angel is sent out to bring forth good news, glad tidings of a son that will be born or is about to be born out of this virgin, innocent girl who doesn't know much of anything but to serve. You bring forth a son and shall call his name. His name. His name is Jesus. Jesus is his name today. Jesus is his name always. The name of the Son of God is Jesus. And there's no other name under heaven that's been given unto men by which we can be saved. Jesus. He will be great 
and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father. David, what profound statements are coming out of this angel. He will reign over the house of Jacob, Jacob, Israel, God's beloved Israel. Israel he hated, but Jacob he loved forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And Mary, Mary pre-astounded, oh, how can this be? I do not know a man. We like to piece things together. We all have these responses. Oh, what do you mean, God? How would it happen if this is sincere? Hers was a sincere question. How, God? How? What you're saying to me is, is too big. Uh, my mind uh, my mind needs to understand how. How would it be, God? Me, me, me. And this is what the angel says to her. This is at verse 35. How would it be? Let me tell you how it will be when it comes to God. How is God going to do the promise he's promised you? How is going to bring about the provision he has granted to you already? How is going to God match up what needs to be matched up? Remove what needs to be How is God going to do this? I'll tell you, this is the answer, very clear answer. The Holy Spirit. And Jesus tells Nicodemus in John 3, the working of the Spirit. It's a mystery, buddy. It's a mystery. Just believe as the wind moves. You don't know which way the wind is blowing. You don't know the mind of God unless the Holy Spirit moves it and brings it to your revelation. How? With my carnal man, how? It is an impossibility. But the Holy Spirit will come upon you has he come upon us? Yes. As he came upon Mary. How did he come upon her? The power and the power of the highest will overshadow you. He'll take over your life. He wants all of you. He wants to overshadow you. Do you know why? So he alone be seen. That when you move, only his shadow be seen. That when you move, you so carry God within you. That the shadow of God, the very presence of God be cast on everyone that you come in touch with. To overshadow us. To overcome us. To overtake us. To reside within us. And therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. The Son of God only can be given expression through the Holy Spirit. That's why he says, therefore also, after the Holy Spirit overshadows you, therefore now you'll see the Son of God. This is a profound moment of revelation. How is the life of God going to be seen in my life? How do I become more partaker of this divine nature that I recognize I am, but I want to walk it out? How do I, like Paul, say one thing I do, I forget what was, but I keep pressing. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how, very simple, faith is required. 
Faith is required. Faith, faith like a child is required. Like her, she's a young child, you could say. They're talking about Mary being maybe 14 in the custom of the day, and, and she was a young girl. Mary, innocent mind, pure heart, that's all that's required is a trusting heart. And yes, in these moments, we have the frailty of the flesh. How God will it be? And his mercy is there. The Holy Spirit. Trust me, child. The Holy Spirit. He's the enabler of my word. He's the performer of my work. He's the sanctifier of your life. He's the glorifier of your walk. He moves you from glory to glory. That is how Jesus is seen through us. Therefore, also, the Holy One that he just spoke about, the one whose name is Jesus, the one that will be great, the one that's called the Son of the Highest, the one, the Lord God, that will bring and will place on, on, on the throne of his father, David, the one that would reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. That one is manifested, demonstrated, lived out, apprehended, received by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that power of the Holy Spirit, he himself mighty. It's not a what, it's not an it. It is, it is God himself, the Holy Spirit. That releases the rivers of life. That releases the bountiful motions of God in your life that release the very power and life of God on earth that wherever we go that shadow that's overcasting us and really the one that resides with us is cast on the multitude as a net going out wherever we are we are a diffuser of the fragrance of Christ that all men shall know him now this is the reality that God is apprehending us today by the spirit in this world where nothing makes sense in this world where it is beyond understanding of what's going on we can take our minds off of that messed up situation and put our gaze on this divine inspiration and say glory be to God for this king of king reigns in my life and through this dominion within me I I am in dominion. I am now a child of the king. And I give him expression. So then we see what happens after that with Jesus. He's born. He's born. And in chapter 3, what happens? He's baptized. What is the sign given? What is the sign? What is the affirmation placed upon him? The very overshadowing that came over his mama. Ha ha. Aliyaruba ha. The very love of God that brought forth conception. For that seed is always conceived in love. It's here testifying of the Father's love. And so it, it's in Luke 3, 22. Well, let's see in 21, when all the people were baptized, this is with John the Baptist, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized to fulfill all righteousness, the word of God says. It's how God had it be. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. 
ha ha, there was a parting in the heavenlies. And there was a release of glory, the mighty Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove. Not, it wasn't a dove. It was representation, a representation of the gentleness, of the purity, of the love of God as a dove that coos to the lover, that calls out the lover, the dove. Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, upon Jesus. And the voice came from heaven. This is the Father's voice speaking over his beloved son. You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. Take note. The utterance comes after the Holy Spirit takes residence. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot hear the voice of God. The voice of God is carried by the Holy Spirit. What is the next moment that we see with the Holy Spirit in Jesus? In chapter 4, Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. What happens? When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, pure glory, yeah, pure glory in the, in the trying, pure glory in the testing, pure glory in the fastings. The Spirit leads us now into a crucifixion of outer foul reality, into more life, more God life, more life of hope. And it always looks like... <laughs> being led in the wilderness. It always seems to look like being led in the wilderness. Why? So we can encounter this reality of divine life. And then it's no longer wilderness. It's pure glory. Here's my life. Here's my joy. Here's my hope. No matter what it looks like out there, I don't survey that. I'm aware of one reality. The life of God within me. And we know what happened thereafter. Look at the glory that comes after this testing. Look at the glory that comes after Jesus withstands Satan. The Holy Spirit enables us to withstand all temptation, to withstand Satan. The Holy Spirit then leads us into the triumphant ministry of himself. And so we see that in chapter 4, verse when Jesus picks up the scroll in Nazareth, let's say 17, and he that is Jesus was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, Jesus opened the book. The Holy Spirit always leads you to open the book. The Holy Spirit always leads you to open the book. And when you open the book, you find your destiny. When you open the book, you find that which is written of you. When you open the book, you find words that are life and bread and a drink to you. You find who you are. You found the place where it was written. This is it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm overshadowed by him. I'm overcome by him. Because, and there's always a mission to this assignment of the Holy Spirit in our life. And the mission is to anoint. He's anointed me, and this is how we release his anointing, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of 
the Lord. And we know what does he say now in the book of John, Jesus before his departure. John 14, referring to the Holy Spirit, the one that he fellowship with, the spirit of his father. 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. So, what he does in our life, it is a forever work. What the placement that he has been, he's been given in our life it is a forever placement. And I wanted to look at that word, alos. He'll give you another help of the word another is the word alos in the Greek language. And it's very telling of the work of the, of the Holy Spirit. And so that means Another of the same kind. Another or similar type. In another moment that this word another was used is when, back to the Christmas story, when the wise men went to Herod and were looking for the child that was born, that was to be king of the Jews. A king was born. And they went and they found the child. And what did Herod say before he sent them out to look? He said, you come back and you tell me. You come back and you tell me about this child. So I too can go worship him, which of course was a lie. Satan is a destroyer. He's a murderer. And so the, the wise men, they went and they worshiped Jesus. They found, they followed the star and they, they, they brought their gifts to Jesus. And at then that, at night they were warned by a dream not to go back that same way, but to go back home another way. That word another is the same word another. Back to home, but another way. Of the same kind, he is the spirit of the Father. I am the word made flesh, but it's the same essence. It is God through and through. Another of the same kind. They went another way, but back home. And so we have been given another that will be just like Jesus to us, a comforter. They'll be just like Jesus, a truth speaker. John calls him in 1 John that he is the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the word of truth, and the spirit is the spirit of truth. And so he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot see. Do not expect the world to recognize who lives in you, who has overshadowed you today. For the world does not, cannot receive him because neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. Look, for he dwells with you and will be, will be in you. So not only is he going to walk alongside of us, but he will take residence within us. And then look what he says, Jesus. I'll not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. How does he come to us? If he resurrected, is now sitting in the heavenly place right by the Father. By his spirit, he comes to us. And that's why the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. He walks and he moves just like Jesus walked and moved the earth. With great boldness. With great demonstration of the glory of God. 
And so, mm, and we, we of course read that when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll guide us into all truth. This is in John 16. We can put our eyes there as well. Verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. The way Jesus guided the disciples into all truth. Now we have the spirit, Jesus unlimited, guiding us into all truth. For he will not speak his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak just like Jesus did not speak of his own authority. But whatever he heard the father speak, and so, so with the spirit. He will tell you things to come. And so you don't fear. So you don't fear. You will never be in the dark. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Powerful. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Let's go to Timothy. 2 Timothy 1. So we recognize today's message is, I just laid a bit of a groundwork. Today's message is the Holy Spirit, our fearlessness. We identify the Holy Spirit with the walk of Jesus. We identify that the Holy Spirit rested upon him. We identify the spirit of might that Isaiah spoke of in Isaiah 11. The spirit of might rested on the Messiah. And we saw how he rested on, on the moment of his baptism. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus and rested upon him. And thereafter led him into the wilderness to be tested. And thereafter, from after the trial came and, and the ministry of Jesus really came into fruition. The expression of the glory of the Lord by proclaiming truth and bringing deliverance to the multitudes. And we also read a couple of weeks ago in Acts 10 that how he went about doing good, healing all the oppressed of the devil. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was with him and he moved with power. So let's go to... Uh, so now the same Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Paraclete, the Paraclete is with us, given to us as an answer to Jesus' prayer to the Father. And, and Paul writes to Timothy the, who the Holy Spirit is. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Number one, Holy Spirit is not fear. Holy Spirit, there's no fear in the Holy Spirit. There's no such thing as being filled with the Holy Spirit and being led by fear. There's no such thing as being filled with the Holy Spirit and being shrunk back uh, in, in anxiousness of mind. That is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a spirit of fear, but he's who? The spirit of power. He's the spirit of might. He's the spirit. He's the miracle working power of God and of love. And of a sound mind. So the one thing that we recognize with the working of the Spirit is there's a soundness of mind, which we know is the mind of Christ. Because he is leading us in the mind of Christ because he searches the deep things of the mind of God and brings them to our recognition, to our understanding, so that our minds be fully anchored in the Word of God. And there's no such thing as having, especially in today's world, a sound mind without being anchored in the Word of God. There's nothing sound out there anymore. The only soundness, sound doctrine is found in the Word of God. And so we see this spirit that does not carry fear. Mighty Holy Spirit, he is not a spirit of fear. Well, let's go back then to the book of Acts and see the beginning of the church. 
the body of Christ on earth, a demonstration of of the way Jesus walked, a manifestation of this divine boldness that he went, Jesus went where the Father sent him. And so the body of Christ goes where the Father sends us. We've been placed exactly where we're supposed to be, to be a light, not to be, not to be hid under, but to be placed above and to bring light to all. The light of the world we are now. We know the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, that the Holy Spirit came. Suddenly, a sound came from heaven of a rushing, mighty wind. Do you understand the wind? Do you understand the wind? We don't understand the wind. How? She asked, Mary asked. What was the answer given? The Holy Spirit. Ah, ah. It's like, ah, okay, okay. It, it wasn't any clearer to the mind. Wasn't any clearer. But it makes sense in the context of Revelation. And so he came. What do we see thereafter? We see healings break out. The layman. Well, first we see a proclamation of the word of God. That's the most important thing. Because Jesus went about teaching and preaching. And then the healings come. The layman was healed. What happened after that? Persecution. Just like Jesus walked in great persecution. Let's go to chapter 4 in the book of Acts 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, this is the boldness, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if with this day a judge for a good deed done to a helpless man, because what they were condemning them, the Pharisees were condemning Peter and John for having healed someone. In whose name? In the name of Jesus. And so, so this is Peter's response to them. Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, but what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you. This is boldness. He's speaking to the ones that just supposedly crucified Jesus. Not supposedly they did. But we know that really there was a mighty work that was going on at that time. It was really, they couldn't have laid hands on Jesus if it was not the Father's will. But they did crucify the Lord of glory. And so he's speaking to this crowd, Peter is. Let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, of Nazareth, just in case you miss what Jesus I'm referring to, it's Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, of Nazareth, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the one you crucified, the one who died was on the cross, King of the Jews, that one. In his name, this work was done. And I'm not afraid. And I'm not afraid to proclaim his name, though you crucified him. I'm not afraid to lay hands and to see them recover. I'm not afraid to speak in that name. Whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. The name of Jesus only brings wholeness. That's why we are not timid, because we're not stealing. We're releasing life. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which 
has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other name. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The only salvation is through the name of Jesus. And look at the response of those crucifiers. They said, we want Barabbas, crucify him. 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, what happens when the Holy Spirit has filled you up? We read in verse 8 that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. What do they see? Boldness. Peter didn't have to make himself be bold. The very presence of the spirit of power, of life, releases boldness. And so when they saw how bold they were, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Being with the Holy Spirit is being with Jesus. And what? They felt threatened by that name. What was their response? They threatened. When you threatened, you know what happens actually in the spirit is that power and principality of wickedness is threatened by Jesus in you. So it's an accolade that they recognize you've been with Jesus. They're threatened by you, so now they're threatening you. What Did, did this threat avail anything? No? Let's see what it says here. Verse, verse 17. So they didn't want this to spread among the people. And so that it, and so that it spreads no further among the people. They said, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Did the threatening avail anything? No. We have the church all over the world. All over the, let them threaten you. It comes to naught. We're going to see the response of boldness. We're going to see how the Holy Ghost responds in this situation. So what happened in verse 18? They called them and com commanded not to speak at all, nor to teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said, this is what boldness does. This is what the Holy Spirit does. Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you. To listen to you, personal authority. To listen to you more than to God. You judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Actually, as a side note here, if you're over 40, miracles are for you. Glory be to God. And if you're under 40, miracles are for you as well. And so what, look what they did. They said, let, and being let go, they went to their own company. They went back to the body of Christ, back to, back to their, their place where God had placed them and reported that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And so when they heard, when those, his, their companies had heard what had, um, taken place, they raised their voice to God with one accord, all of them filled with the Holy Spirit. No one went crying. I'm thinking of the 12, the, the 12, the 12 spies that were sent into the land. Came back a mixed report. Only two came 
with the boldness of the proclamation of a full persuasion, Caleb and Joshua. The other ten cowered in fear. You see, that's not our story to compare ourselves to. Our story and our reality that we compare us to is right here when the time comes, when the perceived lying giants of the land are talking to you, threatening you. What you do is you come together in the place of prayer and you call on God in one accord, bold. That is my story. That is my portion. In one accord, they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David said, this is Psalm 2 they're going to read. How appropriate for this moment. Why did the nations rage? Why this rage against this marvelous work of God? Why is it so stirred up? I tell you why. Because Christ in you is King and Lord of all. That's why. Because you are the giants and you intimidate the cowards and the grasshoppers. And all they do is hop, 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 hop. Distract you. Set your gaze. You have a higher stature. Don't look down. Look up. Your redemption draws nigh. What they say. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? What? Connivings and plannings in back rooms of demonic activity? What? The kings of the earth took their stand. The rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ did not prevail. Because God sits in the heavenlies and laughs. I got a plan, which I have already executed, by the way. And I have sealed it with my Holy Spirit. And I have a body of Christ, my very body. That they are sealed by that seal of approval. They are filled with the fire from on high. And they're not timid. Because the Spirit of the living God is fearlessness. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. All the masses gathered together. All of them suddenly they agree. So what? Brought nothing but resurrection. Brought nothing but glorification. Brought nothing but or a representation of Jesus unlimited. The entire body of Christ. But they gather together to do what? Not of their intent. What did they gather to do? The predetermined purpose of God. They gathered to do. So all these evil connivings, all these evil gatherings where plans are being executed and they're put in place and they think of, of this ranking of this raging group here that we're looking at is that they're executing their own plan. Well, God says Romans 8.28 is at work. All things work together for our good because we love God and we call it according to his purpose. And if God be for us, Romans 8.31, then who can be against us? And so here we see they gather together to do Whatever your hand and your purpose determined 
before to be done. Resurrection had to happen. Because from this resurrection came out the body of Christ. Woo! Because if Satan knew what this resurrection was going to do, he was not ever going to crucify the Lord of glory. So it doesn't matter what the connivings are and the ragings against. It does not matter. Stay put and execute the plan of God for your life. Be bold because the bold one is in you. And so, and so if we, and then verse 29, I love it. Now, Lord, look on these threats and grant to your servants that with what all boldness we may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal. This is the hour of the church. With all boldness that we speak his word by stretching, God stretching out his hand to heal through us that signs and wonders be done through his name. Your holy servant Jesus. And look what happened when they prayed. Who showed up? Who showed up? Mighty Holy Spirit showed up and filled them again. And filled them again and kept filling them and kept filling them. And they got bolder and bolder and bolder and bolder and bolder. And they took over the world. And so this is who we are, the body of Christ. And I'll tell you what fearlessness looks like. Looks like fierceness. Let's go to Luke. Uh, sorry, not Luke. Uh, Joel. I'll finish it with this, this portion. I, a lot more to say, but we'll just keep it on this stream and then look into you next Sunday again. Joel too. This is what we look like. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Pure boldness. No fear. Joel writes, blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. There is an alarm going on right now in his holy mountain, the body of Christ. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the Lord. The day of the Lord is coming. For it is at hand. A day of darkness and gloominess. A day of clouds and thick darkness. Like the morning's clouds spread over the mountains. An overshadowing of God. Because God is God. And people coming great and strong. But look at this overshadowing of God. Looks like a multitude of people. Great and strong. This is the body of Christ. The The like of whom has never been seen. Nor will there ever be any such after them. Even for many successive generations. A fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them. All they see is glory. All they see is God. All they see is communion with their God. All they see is they're walking in the cool of the day with their God. And God, through their sight of glory, is bringing forth a mighty work of power on earth. Look what's behind them. A desolate wilderness. Surely nothing shall escape them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses. 
Now that's ferociousness. That is fearlessness. That is boldness of the spirit. That is a gaze that is set on high. That is a set gaze that is so firm and so secure and so focused that is driving you forward that all you see is the Garden of Eden. And like swift steeds, so they run. Running the race with perseverance. With a noise like chariots, over mountaintops they leap. Like the noise of a flaming fire. Last week I finished saying we are fire from the loins down, fire from the loins up. We've been sealed with the seal of the Holy Spirit. We've been filled with the fire of God. Like the noise of a flaming fire that devours the stubble. All stubble. Wood, hay, and stubble burns. The works of the flesh are being burnt up right now. Only that which is of the Spirit will remain. Which is the word of God that abides forever. Like a strong people set in battle array. Before them the people wreathe in pain. All face are drained of color. Why? That is the grasshopper seeing God. That is them wreathing in pain that are, that are, that are, that are throwing threats at us that avail nothing. Avail nothing. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. Everyone marches in formation. Everyone keeps the rank. I love that. They do not break ranks. They do not push one another. Everyone marches in his own column and that literally that word in his own column is in own highway that word column is actually highway i have a cross reference in my bible and so we are on the highway walking in this lane of high reality that we are signed to walk in though they launch between the weapons they're not cut down they run to and fro in the city. They run on the wall. They climb into the houses, enter the windows like a thief. The earth quakes before them. The heavens tremble. The sun and the moon grow dark and the stars diminish their brightness. The Lord gives voice before his army. Oh, for his camp is very great. For strong is the one who executes his word today. Be strong in executing the word of the Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit to disclose his word to you and you be an executor to that which he discloses. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can endure it? We can because we are children of the day. And so today my encouragement is be filled with the Holy Spirit, and He is your fearlessness. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen.